Right, so welcome to the Mindful Journey podcast. I'm your host, Brian McLaughlin. I'm a mental performance consultant, and I help athletes and high performers master the mental game. So today we have on our, on a, uh, I can't even talk, a, uh, our guest here, Kyle Pereira. He's a former OHL and U-Sport alumni and now working with the Ontario Hockey League as the director of recruitment. So welcome to our podcast, Kyle Pereira. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. So we're going to get into kind of your sport history, your minor hockey, uh, junior and university sports, as well as we'll get into kind of what you're doing now and what your goals are for the future. So start off, tell us a bit about your, your sport history. So growing up, you know, how, how are sports for you? Yeah, so I, growing up the whole way, was I always played two sports. I was hockey in the uh, in the wintertime, of course, and, and lacrosse in the summer, which for me was a real good balance. I never was a 12-month-a-year hockey guy, I never was in all the summer tournaments and things like that, and, and I think it worked well for me in hindsight. Uh, but I was always, I grew up playing both, uh, both in Brampton the whole way up, my whole, through my whole uh, minor hockey journey, and was fortunate to play with some great players, some great people, the same group for the most part of it, and um, and to have some success along the way at the team too. We had a good team and had some pretty cool experiences. Did you find that there was a lot of um, overlap with with hockey and lacrosse? Some of the, say, um, the athletic uh, skills that you learned in hockey kind of translated into lacrosse and vice versa? Yeah, I think probably more than would would meet the eye at first, truthfully. It's one of those things where, you know, something as basic as hand-eye coordination and dealing with lacrosse, um, you know, vision with lacrosse, everything's happening kind of above your shoulders, so you're forced to, to keep your head up. Um, and you're kind of scanning differently than you would, uh, you know, with a puck on your stick in, in hockey, of course. So I think there's a lot of transferable things there. But, you know, even more, or, you know, I guess as a complement to that, it was nice to have balance and I think uh, for me especially at a young age it was nice to have that balance where you know when when hockey was winding down I, I couldn't wait to play lacrosse you know, basically not touch my hockey gear for, for four months five months and, and as the lacrosse season was winding down I, I couldn't wait for hockey so there was never any uh, you know it's called fatigue of, of either one of the sports there was never any burnout and, and obviously as I got older um, you know closer to draft year things like that there was a little more you know, summer hockey introduced, if you will. Um, you know, but I know for me that the two sports was huge, um, just in terms of maintaining that interest and, and avoiding burnout in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, going into your draft year, like where, where'd you play? Um, where'd you play hockey? Yeah. So I played the whole way up, uh, in Brampton at the time, they were still called the, uh, battalion AAA, uh, organization. Which was nice, and, and like I said, for you know, we had a group that nobody, um, you know, for the most part, nobody left to go to the GKHL. We had the same group in Brampton. We were very strong. Um, fortunate to win the Quebec Kiwi tournament, and, and Kiwi had a lot of success along the way with you know all Ontario's and things like that, which was great. Um, and just a good group of guys, and, and we had a team that, uh, that you know, looking back on it, had, I think it was eleven players drafted, um, you know, to the OHL, and it was. Fun certainly to be a part of, and to see how many guys from that went on and, and had success in the game. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when you like, where did you get drafted to? Like, what round? 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually, funny enough, got drafted by uh, the Brampton Battalion at the time in, in the OHL. It was a sixth, sixth round pick, um, which. You know, it's funny, it's probably exactly worked out exactly how it should, but at the time, you know, you're nervous and there's a lot of anxiousness and anxiety that, that goes into that whole draft process, especially at that age. You, you think, you know, at the time that a lot more is riding on it than actually is, uh, which is you know, kind of funny looking back on it. But, uh, but yeah, as a sixth round pick, but the following year, I, I was not, uh, you know, ready certainly to play in the OHL as a 16 year old. I played. One year junior A with the St. Mike's Buzzers, which is where I was going to school at the time, and uh, had a good year of development there, and then started in the OHL with Brampton the following season after that as a 17 year old. And how'd you how'd you take that? You know, having to play junior A, uh, say your first year junior, rather than playing in the OHL, because a lot of athletes, you know, like you were saying, they have a lot riding on on getting drafted and then playing in the OHL, and they think it's kind of like that do or die mentality. Um, and they kind of assume that playing tier two junior A is, you know, a, seen as like a failure or you're not living up to your potential. How'd you kind of handle that um, kind of stepping stone? Yeah, at the time, as far as playing at St. Mike's, I, I, I kind of knew that that was going to happen anyways. I was already kind of resigned to the fact that I was going to play there. And at the time, truthfully, I, I didn't really, I hadn't entirely had my mind made up on whether I wanted to play in the OHL or try to pursue uh, the scholarship route. So, so that was going to be kind of a happy medium for me anyways. I was going to the school, everything was, was close by. But having said that, um, you know, being drafted where I was, uh, like I said, in hindsight was perfect, but that was the part, uh, truthfully, that came with a bit of that, um, you know, frustration, I guess. And it's one of those things where, looking back, you wouldn't want anything to be different. But at the time, you know, it's natural in players, you're competitive and, and you're seeing other players get drafted or you're, you're seeing a round go by that you think you should have got drafted in that round. And so that, it wasn't necessarily playing tier two um, that was the, you know, at the time frustrating part. It was, you know, thinking that things should have played out a little bit differently or, or you know, that natural competitiveness when you're seeing, uh, you know, other players get drafted or teams go by and, uh, and still not be selected. But, uh, you know, I wish you, knowing now what you know, you know, or sorry, knowing then what you know now, it's, it's obviously uh, more about what happens after than, than what happens on, on draft day, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And how is that the jump from minor hockey to to tier two junior A? Just in like the skill level, yeah. the this. Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, it was tough. It, it's everyone's obviously for the first time you're you're kind of playing against men. Uh, obviously, the, the speed is a uh, the speed is a step up. The uh, you know the skill is a step up. The amount of structure uh, in a game systems all of that is certainly a step up and, uh, and from that standpoint in terms of you know making the jump it, then going to the OHL after that was again uh, you know another step but it made it a little more gradual for me um, as opposed to going straight from minor to uh, to the OHL but you learn a lot uh, and that's you know first and foremost uh, for me I think I the hardest lesson I learned that year is is you know around consistency because you know, there were times when in minor hockey, I didn't necessarily have to play my best all the time. And, and you knew there, for the most part, wasn't going to be repercussions. You, you know, 
know, you might miss a few shifts or, or what have you, but you're always showing up the next game and you're always going to go out and play. And you've always got a chance to, um, you know, redeem yourself from that standpoint. Whereas in junior, um, you know, you, you have a, a bad game or a couple bad games in a row and then you're going to be watching the next one in a suit. Um, and mm-hmm. that, for me, I think I, I did have to learn a hard lesson that year around consistency and not just in games, but in practices and things like that. But again, things that needed to happen, steps that uh, that I needed at the time from a development standpoint was great. Mm-hmm. And then so from, because you went, uh, you're playing for Brampton for most of your OHL and then you were traded to Guelph, I think, in your last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. So, how is that? Um, you know, being traded because that was the only time you were traded. How was that for you? Like, was that hard on the ego? Was that? Um, was it kind of a good move for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it was a good move. Uh, it was a really good move uh, at the time. Um, it was certainly an adjustment. It, you realize how quickly things can happen and, and how quickly things can change. Uh, looking back on it, it was uh, it was a great situation. Um, it, it gave me the opportunity to do a lot of things and, and have you know, different roles and things like that uh, that were good. But it does happen quick. Um, it's it certainly wasn't necessarily uh, an ego thing as much as it was. You know, obviously, it's it's a big change in a short amount of time. Uh, but I got very fortunate from that standpoint, where um, the ownership group in Guelph, the the coaching staff at the time, my billets were all uh, incredible. It helped the transition quite a bit. And, and actually, funny enough, there was uh, being traded to Guelph was kind of reuniting with uh, a former minor hockey buddy, Peter Hall, that I. So from that standpoint, it was a little more comfortable maybe going there than it might have been somewhere else at the time. Um, but that certainly changed the course uh, of a lot of things for me in terms of you know, the classes that I took at the University of Guelph at the time. And, and in many ways kind of, you know, changed my uh, perception or my mindset as it pertained to, you know, university classes, doing as much as I could and, and kind of really starting to prepare myself for the next, uh, you know, phase after junior. Mm-hmm. And so after playing in Guelph, like what was the, the recruitment for playing at uh, CIS or U sport is oh. what they call it now. Um, you know, how was it for you? What was that process like? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was fun, to tell you the truth. It happened kind of throughout my overage season in the OHL. And, and I, at this point, had known that hey, you know, education was important to me. It was important to my family growing up. And uh, at this point, by this point, I had done a number of you know, university and college credits through my time in Brampton and, and in Guelph. Uh, and so my original intention was perfect. I'm going to go to, you know, to, uh, to U-Sport, they call it now. I'm going to go to U-Sports, and I'm going to be able to be finished my undergrad in three years, and I'm out of here. Going to uh, going to play pro, and the process, truthfully, was um, a little bit scrambled from the standpoint of I had decided that I was going to go to Ryerson or to Guelph. I loved it in Guelph, mm-hmm. Ryerson. I kind of liked the idea of being in the city at the time, and I had the brand new uh, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens rink coming, and uh, and all that stuff. But I uh, I went on. I had a coach at St. Mary's convinced me to come on a recruitment trip out to Halifax, and. Uh, spent a week out of, a weekend out there. I knew that they had a great program. I knew the league out there was fantastic, but I just didn't know if I could be uh, you know, that far away from home at the time. And I just kind of 
fell in love with the city and, and that's how I ended up where, where I did. And, and fast forward, uh, you know, three years, I, I finished that undergrad and where my former self said, you're going to get the, try to get the pro as quick as you can. I was looking mm-hmm. for ways to, uh, to stay longer in Halifax. <laughs> so I ended up staying and doing my, uh, doing my MBA there and, and playing out my full five years of eligibility at St. Mary's. Yeah. And then how was that the, the jump from, uh, OHL to, to U sport? Was it a big jump? Was it, um, something you kind of, kind of anticipated? You know what? It was, uh, it, it was, I don't want to call it a big jump, but, but uh, kind of in the way, and, and it's funny you reference it when we're talking about the draft, uh, from an ego standpoint, it was, and I think that you sport hockey less so now than when I went to school. I mean, we're talking almost what, nine years ago when I, when I went, um, and, and it's continued to be more known, I would say, but I think every former major junior player, OHL player, whatever goes to, uh, you know, youth sports and thinks, well, you know, this is not where I had planned to be. So, mm-hmm. but I'm going to light it up. Everyone leaves, you know, major junior thinking that they're going to be, uh, you know, a star. And what they're failing to, to recognize is that Everybody, for the most part, in those leagues, looking back on our team at St. Mary's, everybody was a former major junior player. And they were all just bigger, stronger, faster, you know, older. Um, and so from that part uh, standpoint, it was a bit of a, um, a rude awakening in that, you know, the jump wasn't huge. Uh, but I, I certainly underestimated the caliber uh, of the hockey that I was walking into. And it's, it's certainly... Um, you know, faster, bigger, more physical, um, you know, than OHL hockey. And the other thing about it is that, you know, it's a 30 game season. And so mm. each game is, is that much more, um, you know, A, you're, you're that much more rested for each game. And, and they're that much more meaningful when you've only got 30 games in, you know, in, a, in the standing and things like that. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was a, it wasn't a huge jump, but, uh, but from a mindset standpoint, a, a very big one. Mm-hmm. And then how, how are you balancing that with school and a social life? Cause you know, when you're playing in the OHL, you're taking some courses at Guelph. So it kind of got you in the, the headspace to be in school, but you know, now you're going into a, like you're at school full time. How did you balance that? Yeah. It, you know what? My last year in Guelph, we had a general manager by the name of Mike Kelly, who was uh, a huge, huge mentor for me. And he actually encouraged me to take more classes my, my last year in Guelph, which I did. And I, and I ended up at that time taking three classes per uh, semester my last year in the OHL, which was which was tough at times, but manageable. And, and fast forward the following season, and thank goodness and I did in so many ways because um, – you know, the schedule is a little more demanding from a games and travel standpoint in the OHL than it is in, uh, in youth sports. But that uh, transition year where I kind of was, you know, the classes were online, but I was able to get back into the swing of studying and, and I was forced to balance and kind of build some habits and things like that really helped um, the following year getting back into it. But the way that, you know, the schools, A, have a ton of support players needed and, and the schedule is um, you know no different from the OHL in the standpoint of you're, you're still on the ice every day it's just the mm-hmm. ratio of practice to games is, is far more skewed towards practice just because you're typically playing Friday Saturday and, and then you're practicing you know, Monday through Thursday um, but 
but it's very flexible in that standpoint mm-hmm. where you can, you know, there's more than enough time in the day. And as long as you've kind of got a bit of a method to the madness and a routine and, and some habits, it's totally manageable. Yeah. And, and what kind of habits, um, what kind of habits helped you throughout uh, university? Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious one is time management. I know that that's like a, you know, not cliche, but it's it's the default answer for a lot of different things, I feel like, at times. But uh, but really, that's what it is. I mean, there's lots of time in a day. There's lots of hours in a day to practice or to train or, um, you know, to go out or to, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever that you'd like to do, whether that be athletically, academically, or socially. It's just a matter of setting aside that time and picking your spots. You know, there's a time and a place to be able to, you know, certainly go enjoy yourself, but there's also, uh, you know, a time and a place when that isn't advisable and, and to kind of be able to decipher those moments. And, and there's certain, mm-hmm. I mean, even more than that, there's certain, not even just within a day, but there's certain, you know, weeks in, in the university calendar, whether that be in midterm season or in, you know, in finals exam season where, yeah, you're, you're probably not doing anything fun that week. You're probably not spending extra hours on the ice. You're probably not, you know, lifting enough as much, you know, in, in the gym or whatever. But, you know, there's other weeks when in between or right after that where it's a little bit slower and, and just being able to kind of understand what's coming and, uh, and plan for it. Mm-hmm. And did you learn that trial and error or did you kind of have a mentor or like somebody off the team kind of, kind of help you throughout that process or? Um, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't say yes and no. Um, I, you know, we were for the most part guys in, in very similar situations and in all at different phases. Uh, I think what I really learned that truthfully was that last year, um, in the OHL when I took those three uh, classes per semester, because I was the only one at that time taking that type of a workload. And so at different points, I was forced to not distance myself, but, but, you know, kind of, Hey, I, this has got to be time to to buckle down a bit here. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I was doing it with someone else necessarily where I just had to, you know, kind of, um, miss out on things or, you know, not go to dinner or not whatever. And, and, and it's, and I wasn't doing it with a group of people. So that was hard at the time. That was really hard. Um, you know, you think you're missing out and, and the, the experience and this and that. Um, but then fast forward going to school, that sort of thing was, was totally fine. And it was actually a little bit easier at school from a standpoint of, Hey, you know, it's likely when there's exams or there's big presentations or whatever it may be, it's, there's a high likelihood that, you've got another teammate that's in that same course mm-hmm. or, you know, that's in that same group for the presentation or has the same presentation. So you're kind of going through it, working on it, uh, you know, talking about it, same schedule for the most part uh, together, which made it a little bit easier because you, you didn't feel like you were the only one <laughs> missing out. There was a, yeah. a group of you doing it. Yeah. So it's that, that team environment as well. Yeah. And so when you think about your, your hockey career, minor hockey, junior and U sport, how did you kind of handle setbacks within, within your career? Yeah. What's, you know what's what? one thing that stands out for you? It, it was, it was, um, it was tough 
to, to be honest, it was something that I, I had to uh, to really learn because I, I at different points would be the one to um, to really dwell on that sort of thing um, and and let that I would carry it with me for a long time and, and that just was what it was. Uh, it was a hard hard lesson in terms of how I handled it. I tried to be as present as possible uh, because you know there comes a point and again not to be cliche but there comes a point where you can only control what you can control and that certainly isn't what happened last game or mm -hmm. what happened at last tryouts or why you didn't get drafted where you thought or why you didn't get drafted in the NFL whatever it may have been um, and, and I think that was something for me that that all through my career was still hard to manage because you know as much as you try to do it there's different points that um, that are challenging, obviously, and difficult to, to do that. But I think for me, that was uh, a big thing. And, and I used often um, our uh, school, like mental performance coaches uh, mm -hmm. through, through Guelph, through Brampton. Uh, and I think that as well was welcome support, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And then so transitioning out of, out of youth sport into so-called regular life, not being an athlete it's it's often a difficult transition for many athletes how was that for you yeah it was tough it was tough for sure um i think for me i it, it was a little more gradual than just you know finishing playing i had kind of come to terms with it if you will i knew when i went back and, and decided to stay two more years at st mary's and, and do my masters as an example I, I was you know doing that that was in many ways preparation for that next step to kind of set myself up for that next step and i knew that i didn't want to or that i wasn't going to pursue hockey as a career so i, I think that had been you know coming for a while in terms of the transition, though, it was hard in the standpoint of, um, you know, you're used to always having, you know, 20 buddies that are within a, a two kilometer radius and mm -hmm. you're used to being in the room every day and having that level of uh, you know, camaraderie and things like that. And then you, know, you transition to work. And, and of course, you know, the, the company that I was with at the time was was great. There's some of still some of my uh, best friends are, are there. Um, but it's, it's not the same and, mm -hmm. you know, and you go home and, and it's not, you know, where are we going for dinner tonight or you know, come over and watch the league game or whatever it may have been. So I think that mm -hmm. part of it's hard. And, and then as a result, uh, you know, similarly, as a result of having played and having my friend groups for so long be, you know, hockey teammates, the reality is that, um, they're all, all over the place, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, they're not, you know, they're not high school friends that are close by or you know, my school friends. So I think that part of it is tough, um, of course, as well, because it does, it, it can become a, a bit of an identity thing. Uh, yeah. Even though I knew it was coming and I knew I was preparing, prepared for it. Um, you know, that's something there. But on the other hand of it, I was excited to, to start working. I was excited to try to you know, build a career uh, and have things set up that way as well. Mm -hmm. And then so transitioning out of out of sports like what was your what was your first job or what did you have the same job till now or no yeah so i um i 
by fluke in, in many ways, but came across uh, in between year one and two of, of my MBA at St. Mary's. I, uh, I met uh, someone by the name of Devin Cameron, who you know, turned out to be one of my closest friends to, uh, to this day. And uh, we just literally ran into each other at a, at a shinny hockey session <laughs> and, uh, and started shooting the breeze. And he was from uh, out east and, and knew some of the same people that I knew. And at the time was working for uh, a startup company in uh, staffing and recruitment technology uh, staffing. And I was looking at the time for a, a summer job the following summer that was going to be a bit more, uh, you know, hands-on for me where I'd kind of be thrown into a bit of a fire and, and certainly they gave me a chance to do that. And when I joined the company it was four people and, um, and then I was going back there after I finished hockey and, and I did, I was there for, I think another two and a half years and watched uh, and contributed to the company growing from, you know, that four people in a small office to, you know, at the time that I left, I think just shy of 30 people in a, in a much bigger office with plans of expansion and all that stuff. So that was a real cool experience. And I, and I learned a ton from that. Um, but again, as part of that transition, it was something that I already knew I was going to do that I already had, you know, started doing the, the previous summer. And so in terms of wrapping my head around that transition, I know I knew that I had somewhere um, to go and I had somewhere that I knew everybody that somewhere that was a good situation that, that was going to help to uh, certainly kickstart my career. Mm-hmm. And then, so now being OHL director of recruitment, how'd you, how'd you land that job as well as like, what's, what's that like? What's that, that, uh, that job role for you? Yeah. So, um, that was a hard, it was a hard decision because I, it came available, Truthfully, I mean, in terms of planning the job, it was as, as traditional as it could possibly get in terms of an application process, you know, three-step interview process, and, and then was fortunate to be uh, the one selected. I did know um, the, the vice president of development, Joe Birch, who uh, was, was one, one of the ones, of course, hiring for the role, was actually in my position when I was going through the league. So I had some level of familiarity with him uh, prior mm-hmm. to that uh, but yeah it went through and, and, uh, and was fortunate to get the job and, and like I say it was a very hard decision uh, to leave there's a lot of things about that other company uh, the delivery group that was that were incredible and the situation was great but um, you know I, I know that my passion is obviously hockey uh, mm-hmm. it's been my life as, as long as I can remember and uh, you know I'm not naive to the fact that you um, you know, full-time jobs in hockey can be hard to come by. And I was fortunate to, uh, to obviously get it and, and excited to, you know, now be almost three years or coming on to three years, uh, you know, into it, which is awesome. And in terms of a, a day in life, um, you know, it's great. It's, it's continuing to evolve, which is awesome. But, um, you know, in short, I, I'm kind of an intermediary between the, the league, uh, the, our general managers and our teams, and then the mm-hmm. players and, and their agents. And so uh, it's, it's my job to work one-on-one with um, the prospects coming into the league, uh, coming into their draft year and before, just to educate them on what, uh, what the OHL is. And, and that's not you know, what teams are specifically, but more so, hey, what programs exist to support the players? What is mm-hmm. the education? What's the scholarship? How does that work? How are you taking care of? What's the player environment? Because 
you know, we understand the responsibility that exists when taking in, um, you know, a 16 to 20 year old player. And, and sure, there's a there's a hockey development aspect to that. And statistically, we are you know the best development league in the world. But you know what's more important than that, and more important to the parents, rightfully so, is you know what else is going to be there. How is my my son going to be supported off the mm-hmm. How is my son you know going to be supported? Whether that pertains to academics, to you know mental health, to uh, you know to anything, really. mm-hmm. the, the player environment that's provided to you know coaches and things like that from a professional development standpoint so it's really getting that information out there and understanding or making sure that parents and players who are prospective to our league um, do understand that all of those supports exist mm-hmm. and so if, if you were to think about um, you know this this might be something that you do in your job now but if you were to give advice to a younger athlete, say an athlete that just got drafted and, you know, they're unsure of what's next for them, what would be some advice that you would give that person or that athlete? Yeah. First would be not to get hung up on the draft because sometimes the draft can go the way that, that a player would like. And, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but regardless, the draft doesn't you know, determine the outcome. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's what happens after that, that, that determines that obviously it's just a step but i I always suggest for players to put themselves in a situation where um where they can succeed and and i know and and you kind of mentioned it earlier you know it's this we often are are trained and and, you know parents and players are often trained to look at hockey in a very you know linear fashion where it's it's checkpoints along the way and if i'm not here by this point then you know, then I'm screwed, which it's not the mm-hmm. case at all. It's, you know, you don't have to be in the OHL as a 16 year old. In fact, you know, there's a very, very small percentage that are, that doesn't mean you're any you know, farther behind. That doesn't mean that your hockey career is over. And similarly, mm-hmm. there are people that think I got to be in junior at 16 or I got to be in junior by 17. And if not, you know, under 18, you know, formerly midget AAA hockey is better every year. And in my opinion, you'd rather be there in a situation where you're contributing and playing every night and, and, you know, playing in different situations and, you know, be used sparingly at junior just to say you're in junior. Um, Yeah. Development standpoint, I know that it can be hard. um, And I don't even know if ego is the right word, but I know that everyone wants to see that progression, but Mm -hmm. in reality, um, you know, you just want to be in a situation. I'll tell everyone, you want to be in a situation where you can develop and, for the most part, uh, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, that's somewhere where you're going to be able to contribute on a you know, day in, day out basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And a lot of the the younger athletes that I work with, they have that that mentality where I need to be here at this this age. And it's I don't know where they if it's the parents that they learn it from or uh, they hear it in I don't know, in the rinks or whatever, but that idea is so far past the truth that you don't need to be anywhere. It's where you're going to develop is where you're going to develop, whether it's playing U18 AAA or playing junior B, junior C, junior A, whatever, wherever you're going to develop, that's where you're going to excel. And, you know, if, if you're good, you're going to be found and you're going to go to the next level. Right. That's the truest thing. And I say that to everyone. It's, 
the amount of times that, that we all in, in hockey get questions about, you know, exposure. Where's my kid going to get seen? Um, and, and the truth is, it's exactly what you said. Um, you know, if, if you're good, they'll find you. You know, our mm-hmm. scouts, the scouts in, in our league, whether with the teams or, or central scouts, they're watching, you know, 300-plus games a year. We live in an era where everything's live streamed. They don't have to yeah. be in the rink to, to watch hockey. You know, it doesn't matter if you are playing in, you know, in Thunder Bay or in the GTHL. If you are going to be a hockey player, then you're going to be a hockey player. And, mm-hmm. and it's, I know that it's hard to, to maintain that mindset because everything feels like, for the player and sometimes for the parents, everything feels like the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and I get that because there's a lot invested to it. It's not a, that's not um, necessarily a slight. But, you know, that frame of mind and knowing that the journey isn't over at 16 or at 18 or at 19. It's frankly, in many ways, just beginning as long as the player can keep that, you know, attitude positive. And that's a big thing because Mm -hmm. whether for whatever reason, there's times when players aren't at a certain point, you know, at 17 or 18 and they check out. And they've yeah. decided they've decided that they haven't made it, and, and that's it. And and that's mm-hmm. fine if they've got other goals and ambitions. It's, that's fantastic. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's lots of hockey to be played mm-hmm. after that, and a ton of opportunity that comes with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So we're gonna shift focus here. We're gonna switch into some rapid fire questions. Learn a little bit more of you. Um, so you know, first thing you think of, don't think too much of it. Um, so I'll ask you four questions and, uh, we'll find out who the real, real Kyle is. Uh Oh, this is trouble. <laughs> so the first one is, uh, what's one rule that you live by? Never more so true, never more true than now, but trying to be present, trying to be as present as possible. Don't sweat, don't sweat the small stuff and live in the moment. I like that. Um, what is something that you're working on this year? Just that. Um, it's easy to get, uh, it's easy to get busy. It's easy to, to let things pile up and, and feel like everything's the end of the world. I've just had a, a daughter a year ago and I'm just trying to be here present every day where I am not worrying about what's going to happen or what has happened. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, what is the best compliment you've ever received? Ooh, that's a tough one. Those, those, those are hard to come by. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, There's only um, a few of them. Yeah, that's it. I don't, know why, I don't know why it's so hard to come up with one. Probably that, uh, that I'm a great dad. Nice. Nice. That's, that's very genuine. Uh, what's your go-to cheat meal or junk food? At this stage in my life, there's far too many of them, but uh, <laughs> one that's not close to where I live anymore, but California sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> what's the one that you go to? Is the one by Westwood? Yeah, there's that one. There's one. That, there was one uh, close to my old office at the delivery group as well that we go to the one on the Queensway. I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly picky. Whenever I'm close to one, I make it a point to find my way there. <laughs> go, go 30 minutes out of the way. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. So just want to say thank you for your time, Kyle, and uh, you know I'm I'm happy that you 
you're vulnerable to, to let us know your story and what you're up to and kind of what's helped you along the way. And just want to say, I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks.